Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. You know how all this election uncertainty and like this stuff going on for days and weeks is a cause for anxiety for most people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like for you, it's like Christmas morning or Hanukkah or something like you're you're blasting Jingle Bell Rock and like running down the stairs, <laughs> ready to nerd out on election rules and laws like, ooh, another another lawsuit, <laughs> right. another recount. <laughs> uh, listen, like I knew this was coming, right? Like I've been saying for a while that not only would we not have results for a little bit and, you know, this litigation is entirely possible. I'm, I'm not sure I'd call it Christmas, though. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, it may not be Christmas. It may not be Jingle Bell time. But it sure is a swell time to dig into the knit and grit of the electoral process. So giddy up, get ready, because we've got Zach Montalero. And whether there is any path whatsoever for the election results to change. So, Zach Modulero, resident election nerd for Politico, since Joe Biden won the election, we all know Trump has refused to concede, making unsubstantiated accusations of fraud or rigging, and his team has filed a bunch of lawsuits and called for a bunch of recounts. Um, at this point, what sort of outstanding counting and outstanding legal efforts are there? And could they do anything to change the outcome of the election? Yeah, so I'll answer that starting backwards, I guess, is that no, there really isn't any actual concern among legal experts that the outcome of the election will be changed. Because at the end of the day, this is not a close election. That being said, the Trump campaign is certainly trying to usurp the popular vote. They're certainly trying to change the results of an election they lost. They lost this election. They lost it fair and square. And they're trying to overrule this in courts with, frankly, some kind of kooky legal cases. Because it's not a singular voter fraud in one state. This pattern repeats itself in a number of states. Almost this exactly Trump the campaign pattern. with Rudy Giuliani had a, had a press conference that Damn. just kind of went off the rails. Did you all watch My Cousin Vinny? Did, you know the movie? My, it's one of my favorite uh, law movies because he comes from Brooklyn. And uh, when the, the nice lady who said she saw, and then he, uh, he, he says to her, how many f- fingers do I, how many fingers do I got up? Um, I only saw a brief part of it because I was doing other things, but it, it really encapsulates their legal strategy. I would love to release all the information that I have. I would love to give it to you all, except most of you wouldn't cover it. A few of you would. And, and I use the word strategy incredibly loosely um, because there is none. It's, it's mm-hmm. throwing things at the wall. It's trying to create uncertainty where uncertainty shouldn't exist. And trying to convince people that this was a close election when it wasn't. It's not a close election. Joe Biden will be president come January 20th. Um, and a lot of this is just noise. So lawsuits aren't going to change anything. Recounts, it sounds like, aren't going to change anything. Um, but the Electoral College hasn't voted at this point yet, right? Right. Yeah, the Electoral College doesn't actually vote until December. OK, so you know more about the Electoral College than really anybody I know personally, at least. And I, you've done some super awesome reporting on on how the process works and, you know, weird things that could happen this year. I'll be them pretty unlikely. Um, could you just lay out 
what that process leading up to December 14th looks like? Like, what happens from now until the middle of December with the Electoral College? Yeah, so I guess I should actually start on Election Day. So when you, dear listener, go into the voting booth, you submitted your mail ballot, whatever, you may be voting for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, but what your vote will actually be going to is not them directly. We don't have a popular vote system in the United States. It's not a national popular vote. You're electing electors in your state. In every state, the popular vote dictates which electors are appointed. Nebraska and Maine do it both statewide and congressional district. Every other state just does one pot winner take all. But what you're actually doing is electing your elector. And those electors will meet in December to vote for the president. And then Congress will eventually certify that vote. This year, we're seeing a lot of drama around it, for lack of a better term, because the Trump campaign is throwing legal theories at the wall to see what sticks to, well, maybe we can get the results not certified within the states. Normally within the states, some sort of election official, secretary of state, election board, somebody certifies the results. It's not the state legislature. And the Trump campaign saying, well, maybe we can stop certification and and through a long winding path can reach a point that state legislatures will appoint their own electors. It, it's convoluted. It doesn't really make much sense to the legal experts I talked to who also pretty uniformly say that it's no real shot of this happening. But that's what the Trump campaign is trying to do. I want to dig into something you mentioned um, because the Trump campaign is trying to create uncertainty. And I think it is something people are curious about. You mentioned that states have to certify the results of the popular vote before they decide to send electors to vote for either President Trump or Joe Biden. Are there like laws on the books that would prevent a state from somehow deciding to certify the election in a different way than we would have expected based on the popular vote? Like in Pennsylvania, for example, where it's clear that Joe Biden has won the popular vote at this point. Is there any way that state leaders could just decide, nope, it's going for Trump. We're sending our electors to vote for Trump. I mean, honestly, not really. The whole, a lot of this conversation is predicated on like the individualities of every particular state, mm-hmm. but it all goes back to um, Article 2, which kind of grants state legislatures, Article 2 of the Constitution, grants state legislatures the authority to determine how to appoint electors. And everyone's saying, well, that means that they can just change their mind. Uh, the legal experts I talked to said, well, no, that's not what it means, is that they already determined how they appointed electors. They all said it was the popular vote. And then when November 3rd came around, they appointed their electors. It's already happened. Everybody I talked to and everyone who's written about this has really struggled to find any sort of rationale that could possibly justify it. Because let's be clear here, too. This, again, not a close election. This isn't a close election. If it was a situation that it was a close election, uh, maybe there's some, you know, some maneuvering that goes on there. But Joe Biden won these states by tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of votes. This is not a close election to do what the Trump campaign suggests that should be done at this point would mean intentionally usurping the popular vote and be ignoring your constituents, tossing that out the window, saying nah, we don't really care how that goes. We're not particularly interested in proving fraud either because they haven't done a good job of that in court because there is no widespread election fraud in the United States. Tossing that all aside, saying our constituents don't matter. We're going to do this on their own. Just even setting aside the legal arguments, the political arguments behind that are just insane. It's just such a far-fetched thing from all the legal experts I talk to. They just can't wrap their minds around this actually happening. Okay, so if that's not going to happen, what about the electors themselves? Like if the state legislatures can't do anything to change, you know, who they're sending to the electoral college, what if just individual electors decided 
I'm not going to listen to the voters in my state and I'm going to vote for Trump instead of Biden. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess a lot of states have uh, laws in place that prevent electors from deviating from who they're pledged to vote for. In fact, we had a Supreme Court case earlier this year that had people trying to challenge those laws saying, you know, electors should be free to vote for whom they ever they please, that they can be pledged to somebody, but they should be able to change their mind in cases of emergency or things like that. Supreme Court shot that down, said, no, listen, it doesn't really matter how the founders kind of created the system. We're used to the popular vote. You can't you can't do that. So, yeah. Is there a possibility? Sure. In those states that don't have sort of punishments in place. Yeah, I, I, I guess. But keep in mind, too. That these people are party loyalists, That especially after 2016, when you saw, I think it was seven total electors, two for Trump, five for Hillary Clinton, kind of break away. These people are party loyalists, that they're appointed in the state by the state parties generally, that they are people who the state party and the campaign, by extension, trust to vote how they say they're going to vote. Hillary Clinton herself is even going to be an elector for Joe Biden out of New York. So like that's not your random person off the street. Typically, it's, it's very prominent Democrats or very prominent Republicans. So sure, yeah, there's a possibility that in a couple of states that don't have those laws binding electors that the electors break off and do something. I would put that at about the same percentage of that happening as us being hit by a meteor at this point without <laughs> any significant advantage. And I, I say that, and didn't a meteor almost hit the earth on election day? So who the heck knows? <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's it's a far-fetched outcome. So from everything we've just talked about, it is totally safe to say that there is virtually no way at all that the outcome of the election could change. Yeah. It, listen, if I owned a house, I'd bet the house on Joe Biden being president on <laughs> January 20th. I don't own a house, so maybe I can make that joke. <laughs> but uh, Joe Biden is president-elect. Joe Biden won this election commandingly by the same electoral college margin that Donald Trump won in 2016. Uh, he improved on the president's margins in several key states. Think about Michigan, where it seems to be the latest drama is going on. It's not close in Michigan. Joe Biden did better in Pennsylvania. All these places. Joe Biden's president-elect. Nothing's really going to change that. Zach Montalero, thanks so much for talking with me. Jeremy, thanks as always. Also today... President-elect Joe Biden is set to meet with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. According to congressional aides, Biden will host the Democratic leaders in Wilmington, Delaware, in their first in-person huddle since the election. And they got a lot to talk about, including the congressional standstill on coronavirus relief, the worsening pandemic, and how Biden plans to work his cabinet through a narrowly divided Senate that could end up under Republican control. Meantime, Biden has talked to only a handful of Republicans like Senator Susan Collins of Maine and not Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Many Republicans, including McConnell, have refused to recognize Biden as the president-elect. And the Trump administration is moving to ease rules governing offshore oil drilling in the Arctic. On Thursday, the administration proposed loosening Obama-era safety regulations for the oil industry in the Arctic Ocean off of Alaska in an effort to ease the way for petroleum extraction in the area. The Interior Department's Bureau of Safety and Environment Enforcement announced the move, saying, quote, Our efforts to reform overly burdensome regulations continue to be careful, tailored, and balanced. The changes mark an effort to weaken the environmental safeguards before President-elect Joe Biden takes office. But because the proposal needs to undergo a comment period that isn't expected to end before January 20th, it's unlikely to actually take effect. 
The Politico Dispatch production team includes Jenny Ament and Sadeep Reddy. Our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.